Welcome in to another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast as we're into playoff football in the state of Mississippi, in particular in Pearl River County as both Popperville and Picune have huge playoff matchups this week and this episode will be dedicated to those matchups as we dive deep into the games that will take place on Friday night. Batting leadoff uh, for tonight's episode will be the guys that help and conduct the Picune podcast both post game and preview. That will be David Burnett and Ricky Whitaker. In the two spot will be Coach Feaster for the Stone Tomcats. And the three spot will be a joint interview conducted by Jason Baker with Coach Beach, the head football coach of the Popperville Hornets, and also the defensive coordinator, Coach Acott. Batting in the cleanup spot tonight will be the head football coach for the West Jones Mustangs, and that is Coach Pearson. Thank you again for listening. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are. And that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at coastconnect.com. Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. Now welcoming into the show is the cast and the crew of the Picune podcast, both the preview and the post-game podcast. That's David Burnett and Ricky Whitaker and uh, these guys getting prepared um, to have a post-game podcast after a huge playoff round, our second round of the 5A playoffs, Wes Jones and Picune. Ricky Whitaker had a chance to visit with Coach Pearson. You'll hear that interview as the anchor of this podcast, and we'll get him to speak to some of that interview. But guys, welcome into the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, Dave, let's start with you. The excitement around um, the playoffs. This episode is kind of dedicated to the Pearl River County standings in these playoffs. But when you look at the 5A level and the 4A level, only eight teams left. Just the excitement surrounding uh, this time of year. Well, it's always exciting, Clay, to be in the playoffs. And then when you win one, it just gets bigger and bigger stakes. Uh, you know, one win away from making the South State, two wins away from being in the state championship. So win three games and you're, you know, you got a uh, state championship. You're holding up the gold ball. So all those things add up. And then, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't lose or you're done. So uh, move, win and move on. Slate, when you listen to Dave talk about uh, the importance of it, and of course the urgency of playoff football, um, you had a chance to talk to Coach Pearson. We've mentioned that a couple times here. When you look at them on huddle, and he mentioned Seven um, being his best football player, tell us what you know about the quarterback um, from West Jones and what jumps out to you when you kind of uh, study. We would say stats, but those are kind of hard to come by for him, the Mustangs. But when you look for him uh, and when you see him on huddle, what stands out? Well, yeah, that's Seven for them is going to be Mr. Marlon Lindsey. He, he's an athlete, uh, number one. He's not the biggest kid. But he can do a lot of different things, Clay, and we'll see him 
run that that zone read so he'll use his feet he did that last week against east central made some big runs he's also athletic enough to to roll out and, and can throw the ball can deliver it pretty well so he's going to make that whole offense really move and and i think too you look at the weapons that he's throwing to uh, a kid that really sticks out is their their biggest receiver and that's deandre smith uh, he's around 6'4, 190 so a good size kid but good size good size kids is kind of the the theme of this team yeah, when you look at them, they're so athletic. They have uh, the length, the speed, the strength. Maybe not as big, and I'll get you to uh, say if you disagree with this. Maybe not as big in bulk um, and, and weight as the Laurel team that uh, Picayune was able to take uh, care of last year, but uh, last week. But um, certainly have the size and the strength to compete. No, no doubt, man. No doubt. I mean, and, and you look at. Really, it starts with their big linebacker, Kenan Lofton. He's the Memphis commit, 6'3", 240, kind of one of those old throwback linebacker guys. Mason Jenkins, 6'2", 225. He's their big defensive end. And then you got Roz Jones, 6'1", 220, and, and he's that other linebacker position. And those last two guys I mentioned, uh, primarily Roz Jones, athletic enough to also run the football. I think he led the team in carries against Wayne County, 18, 19 carries. So these guys can flip and go back and forth. So that tells you a little bit about their athleticism up front. Dave, when you look at a year ago for Picayune, sitting in the second round of the playoffs, that's certainly a, a, a f familiar situation with a lot of these kids. Picayune returns so many players from that state title team from a year ago. The experience being able to march through and walk through um, the playoffs. How much do you think that helps the coaching staff and also the players for Picayune? I think it helps a bunch, Clay. I think you got a lot of experience. We talked about last year how young they were. So a lot of these guys were sophomores in this position. Now they've been through it. They've been through the ringer. You had a close game against Gaucher to win district. So I think that helped this team in a chance to know what it's like to what it feels like to be in a game in the playoffs. Even though that wasn't a playoff game, it had that feel. So I think now this team and this coaching staff are prepared to get through the playoffs. They got through Laurel. Um, hey, they handled Laurel pretty – it wasn't ever close, Clay, and I wouldn't even say that was their best game. I, I think if you talk to anyone, I think they could have played much better, but they did enough to, to really put Laurel away and never really was a threat to lose that game. So that was good, and we got out of it pretty pretty free on uh, no, nobody I know of that's been injured, so it looks good on that front. And we've got a tough task against West Jones, which I think they'll be prepared for uh, this Friday. And this Friday will be at Lee Triplett um, Stadium. When I ask you about experience, David, at Gaucher game, that big ball game uh, was at Picayune. If you see Gaucher again um, next week, that's putting a lot before a lot. Um, but if you were, that game would be at Lee Triplett Stadium. The experience that has been uh, football at Lee Triplett triplet stadium opposed to some other years how would you rate uh, the way the the crowd has played a part in these ball games man the, the crowd has been a big factor this season early on the crowds have been great we've only had a couple games where i thought they could have done a lot better but man a lot of those games clay we, it was over in the second quarter so now a gaucher game man it was electric i mean it was Laurel started out that way. I think we kind of, the fans kind of set down a little too much in Laurel. I think they could really, really going to need them to be a factor this Wednesday. I mean, this Friday against West Jones because, man, it's going to be tough. I mean, I remember going, West Jones coming here and beating us uh, 
few years back on a contra- had a controversial call in that game. Thought the kid was down. They they didn't blow the whistle, and so our guys let up. We could have tackled him, but we let up. It's one of them plays, Clay, where if he would have hit him, you would have thought you got a penalty. He didn't. The whistle didn't blow. But then we we go to West Jones, I believe that was the following year, and with Cam Thomas year that we make it to state, and we just it wasn't even close. So um, you got this game is just going to be a, a real hard fought game, and I think the crowd can play a major factor if they show up and really get loud. Yeah, it'll be a uh, it'll be football weather too. Every forecast I've seen uh, calls for uh, football weather, and that should be a, a good chilly night there at Lee Triplet Stadium. Uh, Slick, I'll get y'all out of here on this one. A key to Picayune being successful and being able to move into that South State round. One or two things that you think Picayune really need to do well on Friday night. Well, Clay, I'm going to go ahead and start with something that, you know, Coach Pearson didn't hesitate to tell me in the interview. Uh, he said that he believes his front seven on defense is as good. He said, to quote him, he said, if they're doing roll call, he said these guys should be considered a top five. I think you take that as a challenge of this offensive unit for Picayune. I think they're going to have to come out like a bunch of crazed dogs on the offensive line and move this front seven. If they can do that, that's going to create that complimentary um, play that we've seen. It'll definitely benefit that defense and charge them. And I think for this defense, they've got to come out and really just play within themselves. Um, do what they do. Do what's got you here. And, you know, offensively, you're going to have to be able to, to take what they give you. Whatever they're showing, if it's two yards, if it's three yards, you got to be content with that. But you got to come out, man, with your, with your hair on fire because this is winter go home. Yeah, can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. We'll have the call at 630 on Friday night. You can find it by searching Picune in the MixLR app. That's a free app. That's a MixLR app. Just search Picune. You'll be able to find that broadcast. Follow um, my social media. It's a talking ball, y'all. Uh, Dave's is the Picune podcast there on Twitter. Go find it, and you'll be able to find links to the broadcast. We can't wait. We are we count ourselves to be privileged to cover Picune football. We can't wait for that ball game. Jason Baker and his crew will have the Popperville broadcast. You can search. Uh, Popperville and the, uh, excuse me, search Talking Ball Y'all in that same MixLR app. That's searching Talking Ball Y'all in the MixLR app to find the uh, Popperville and Stone matchup. Should be two dandies and uh, should be a lot of fun. We thank you guys. Thanks, Clay. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau insurance. The local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Hey everybody, have you heard about the new restaurant in town, Brickside Coffee Cafe? Stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee made by one of our great baristas and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch or dinner. 
pancakes, bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, breadfish tacos, and so much more. Don't forget the Brownie Alamo. Check us out on Facebook. Order online. Stop by the drive-thru. Or come on in and stay well. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll make you happy. We are now honored to be joined by the head coach of the Stone Time Cats, John Feaster. Coach, thanks for taking time for me, man. Oh, no problem, man. Anytime. Anytime. It's a pleasure to be on. Look, it's good for me and you to be talking this time of year, huh? I mean, when we look at uh, the history of Stone and I read, I guess it was yesterday, the first time in 31 years, Coach, uh, to advance this far in the playoffs. Is that correct? Yes, sir. First time in 31 years. The last time uh, was 1991. 90 and 91, they went to, they were South State champions, back-to-back, uh, -back, 3A, then 4A, and they lost the uh, titles to um, Louisville and uh, Water Valley. Louisville, man, that's a nemesis. They, they tough. John, when you look at it, um, you posted a, a cool picture on social media of um, your group coming off of the practice field or uh, engaging in practice under lights. Would you kind of uh, tell the listeners the significance of, of that picture and, and kind of what that means to you and your program? Uh, first of all, we give honor and glory to God. Secondly, it just talks about, you know, changing expectations. When I arrived here, uh, we didn't have lights on the practice field. So, you know, that, that lets us know it wasn't, it wasn't much expectation. So, uh, I think year two, we were able to, uh, get some new lights put in and be able to practice under the lights. That's a huge blessing for us, uh, to be practicing this time of year, you know, but it's just all about expectations and having the opportunity to do it because there's a lot of teams that came before them and the guy and the guys that I've coached before that didn't have the opportunity. So for us, you know, I grew up in Picayune. I started my career picking. That's normal. <laughs> I mean, I you know this time of the year was normal for us. Mm -hmm. So, but here, but you know, it's not normal everywhere. So I think a lot of people take those types types of things for granted. But I've been on both sides of it, so I, I truly understand and uh, take it as a blessing. John, as part of the reason you'll get the host uh, this week with the number one seed winning the district, how special was it uh, to win that district? And then the significance of having uh, Popperville come over um, to y'all's plays. Um, again, that's another one, man. It's been 28 years uh, wow. since we've won a district championship. So that's, a, that's another one. That's another phenomenal feat for these kids. But... Um, I mean, it's, it's, again, man, you know, just taking it all in and being humble about it all. You know, we, we're just thankful to have the opportunity to play play Popperville this time of year uh, and to be able to do it here uh, where, we, where we consider home. But I tell my, my boys, we, we the road warriors because every, every game is a, uh, is a road game for us. But, uh, you know, like I say, to be, able, be playing Popperville, a familiar foe, um, you know, not only while I was here, while, while I've been here, but while I've been, um, you know, at Perv Central as well, you know. So, John, you made you know, mention of it. Let's let our listeners in on that. Maybe some not familiar with your situation there. You mentioned uh, the road game. Describe to that. You and I are talking, and you're about to have to load up and go practice at the place uh, that y'all will play Friday night. Kind of give our listeners, maybe from the north end of the state, a look in at, at what y'all's uh, home, home stadium situation is. Um, again, to, we 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 are blessed 
to play at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, one of the nicest facilities uh, in the state when it comes to junior college football. But at the same time, like you said, we got low buses to go play. Hmm. You know, it's all, more often than none, uh, we're arriving at the stadium the same time as the so-called visiting team. And, you know, we don't have a game field. Uh, we have we only have our practice field. And the reason we're going to Gulf Coast today is because, you know, if it rains, our field is on, you know, we cannot work. We can't practice on it. So we're having to load the buses to go to practice today. So, like I say, you know, we wanted a few teams. I mean, North Pike was one of those teams as well. But we were on a few teams, you know, small town Mississippi that don't have their own stadium, man. And so, um, you know, again, like I said, it's a road game for us as well. John, you're a guy that's a, a, a history student of the game. I, I just follow you along on uh, some of your posts and, and just knowing you personally, I know that, um, that history in general interests you, much less the history of high school football. And so when you post a picture, I'll get you to connect the dots. I saw some of the pictures you posted last night of that stone team that uh, had the playoff run. The Tice that's at quarterback and the Tice gentleman that I saw in the picture, the relation, if any, and then the connection from that program back back to your current team. Uh, uh, a lot like, a lot like uh, where I'm from, picking you, you can always tie together some of the last names and family members. Um, but that picture, the picture that I posted, I'll start with this. I posted Coach Hinton, Marcus Hinton. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I grew up going to SWAC football games, Jack State, Alcorn, mm. everybody knows Steve McNair. But Marcus Hinton was Steve McNair's favorite receiver. Mm. Uh, yeah. He was his top receiver. And um, he's an Alcorn guy, but he's from Winston County. He's a, a legend. He's a three-sport <laughs> All-American. Uh, football, baseball, and basketball also stand out in track. Uh and uh, his nickname was Six Six, but uh, he helped he helps out volunteer for years. And this is the last two years or the first two years he've actually um, actually been able to get paid. But he was volunteered before I even got here, and he's just uh, been faithful to our program and to the kids in this community. And, you know, he does a lot for us that a lot of people don't know about. He goes to work at three a.m. at the shipyard. Uh, get, you know, gets up at three a.m. go to the shipyard and comes out here after practice every day. Mm. And uh, Tice, uh, that's Connor Connor Tice's father. You know, that's his father. He was on, he was on those great teams as well. And um, you know, so you know, I, my big deal is uh, and, and Tice does a lot for our program. But my big deal, you know, that I really just want to make sure, like you know, because you're a historian as well. You know, my my biggest thing is honoring the ones who came before you. You know, mm. and. Um, being a student of the game, uh, I try to teach my kids that if you respect something, you know, it force you to work hard. So having respect for those guys that 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 have paved the way and uh, for us to be, you know, in the position that we're in because it gave us something to reach for. Uh, but that's what I'm big on. I'm just big on honoring the past, man. You know, uh, that's, that's that's huge to me because I, I truly believe that if I didn't have a respect for the game and uh, the respect for the history of the game, I would not have been blessed to make it as far as I did, you know, so, you know, that's huge to me. So, yes, Tyson's Tyson, uh, the Tyson, the pitcher is our quarterback's father, and he's very close to the program as well. And uh, I've been blessed to coach. This is the second son that I've coached. The other ones has just finished up his playing career at East Central Community College. Well, you made a comment. It was a quote in, the, uh, in an article I read. This is way earlier in the year, but I guess he was getting out blocking or, or made a play, and he was like, as a former linebacker, defensive lineman, you, 
you referenced his mentality and uh, being physical. I can't remember the exact quote, but I remember yeah. uh, something to that effect. Yeah, he's he's an intense guy, man. I, I truly, like I say, man, just to highlight him a little bit, man, I, it's been an honor to coach him because uh, I've always tried to get kids to match my intensity. And, you know, you don't want it to be your quarterback. You know? <laughs> but in this case, it is the quarterback. Uh, he's a very intense guy. And I'll I probably say that he, for him, he's probably only playing quarterback out of mama's request. He'd much rather be on defense. Uh, as you'll see him getting out lead blocking, he'll run in a pile. he do stuff like that. We have to reel him in. But, yes, he's an intense guy. And, uh, again, you know, like I say, you want, I want kids to match my intensity. But I didn't, I didn't want to be a quarterback. But <laughs> in this case, it is. But, yeah, he's a very, very intense guy, man. John, when you look at uh, this team, as it's a junior, if I can, uh, numbers-wise, lead team. You've got a junior tailback with over uh, 1,200 yards. He's averaging six per nine touchdowns on the year. Kind of tell our listeners about uh, the Collins young man. Ah, to tell about one, you got to tell about the other. <laughs> well, I'm seeing Collins is all yeah. over here. Yeah. I was going to let you help me with this stat sheet. You got um, the big brother. I highlight him first. That's Chaz Collins. I call him the big brother. But all of them small in stature, but all those kids have a lot of heart, you know. And um, uh, just to start it off with this here, man, uh, those kids, their father was killed in the car accident mm -hmm. on 59 over in Prairie River County uh, before the start of last football season. And uh, so they play with a heavy heart each and every Friday. You know, the other, their father, he was big and youth sports around here and I credit him a lot because a lot of these kids played for him and he held them together taught, you know, just taught them the, uh, the value of team and so you got Chaz in college who's been starting since a freshman and he's a heck of a ball player a heck of an athlete just like, like I say he's small in stature if he was a little taller he'd probably be on everybody's radar you know the power five or every or anything but he's, uh, he's a smaller kid but you know that's our big that's been our big deal to try to play long for those guys to be, you know, get more mm. of a look, get more of a spotlight. And he set the tone for his house because he got two younger brothers. He got Dalen Collins, who's our tailback, you know, leading rush on the team. He's not very big, but he's he, he's full of heart, man. He runs hard, has great vision. And I, I love referencing picking you and I was telling somebody the other day because that's my own. I love, I was telling somebody the other day. I was telling the team actually yesterday. He reminds me a lot of a running back that I played with named Josh Carter. Hmm. Wasn't very fast. Yeah, smooth Josh. Vision. Mm. Smooth with vision. And, you know, also after Josh had Ian Oliver, those guys kind of, you know, mirror each other, man. He's one of those guys with great vision, man. Runs hard. With dry. He'll drop the hat on you, too, if you get the opportunity. But, yeah, they're brothers. And, uh, you know, it's a family affair when it comes to those guys. And we got the baby brother who's a freshman. Probably going to be better than both of those guys. You know, I don't think they mind me saying that, but he's nah, he's pretty good. He's a mixture of both. And uh but you know, those guys does a lot for our team and um, you know, I'm I'm just happy to be able to coach them, be you know, be a part of their family. John, when they line up to go for two the other night and, and y'all get the Hello? stop. Hey John, you got me? Yes, sir. When they line up yeah. for two the other night and, and go for the win instead of the tie, the emotions prior to and then after the stop. Man, you know, it was, it was one of those deals where, where last, the whole week was emotional. Like, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of guys sick, not to make an excuse. But, you know, if, you know, if you're familiar with Pike County, they got tremendous athletes in the whole county. And 
other night, I knew that if we didn't go ahead and get out in front of them, they had a quarterback that if you look at him, he statue-wise, he reminds you of that number two over there in Prairie River County. This mm. uh, kid's about, he's about 6'3", 220-ish. And uh, so we knew, you know, I mean, like I say, you know, Styles make fights, but we mm. knew that we don't have very many people on our team 6'3", 220, you know, to be trying to square this guy up and on the field. So, you know, lead up to it, um, we they scored to tie it up, and then we end up going overtime. We scored, they scored, they're down by one. I knew they wasn't going to kick the field, though. You know, I knew that. Um, but I could be honest with you, Clay. Uh, you know, i say three years ago, man, I'd probably been sitting on edge, but you know, the way I'd have learned, I was like, it's going to go high, it's going to go, you know. Uh, I'd, have seen, I'd have seen it all, man. You know, I'd have seen it all. So I, I felt like I had to be calm to show the kids confidence and, and also the rest of the coach staff was calm. And, um, you know, our kids made a, made a tremendous play, man. And, uh, you know, forced him to start stumbling, which helped. And I was able to meet him right there at the goal line. But uh, he's a, he was a tremendous athlete. Not a, afterwards, I guess all the emotions that I wanted to let out before, <laughs> I let out afterwards, you know. Oh, it was such realized, a scene. I, I guess I went, on, you know, went on a sprint, man, and I woke up sore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, John, that's the last question. Now you know you've got a uh... – to catch the bus. I appreciate your time, but I've got we, one more for you, we, man. We got, we got time. Okay. Time. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you till you stop me then. Yeah, the, um, yeah. the hashtag, John, the, the Lord strength that you use on, uh, on some of your social media posts. Tell, tell our listeners kind of what that mantra, what that mindset, what that wording, what that means to you, man. Well, uh, it means a lot. It means my life, uh, you know, my entire life, for me and the reason I say that I started that uh, started saying it you know when I was at Pearl uh, per Central the first time I ever said it I actually got it on the worst uh, phone video ever somebody videoed I think it was Cruz <laughs> that's funny how this all stuff come together <laughs> yeah. I think it was Cruz um, he videoed it and he was also the guy to set the music that night before we went out and played Picking You that night mm. Um, so I mean, that's actually my, it was my office coordinator now, Stephen Kubicki's senior year. Mm. Uh, and before we played picking you, know, that's the first time I said it, but my brother, who I call, you know, my brother, you familiar with Jonathan Phillips, was the one who mm. told me to start saying it. He gave it, he gave me the chat. And, uh, and the kids at Cal real latched on to it. But I took it as, uh, for my life, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person, you know, people don't know, they judge from the outside. You know, I'm a person that, that's uh, thankful and grateful of every opportunity I had in life. And uh, I'm thankful of those opportunities, you know, opportunities, and I have humility about each and every situation. Um, but to get to some of those things and to get to where I'm at now, I know that I'm blessed to be a head coach in South Mississippi. And um, and I was blessed to even have the opportunity. I was blessed to have the opportunity to work at home. I was blessed to have the opportunity to work in career. But I've also been blessed to have, have the opportunity to have a lot of success in my football life and also in my family life. So, but to get to those things, I had to have strength. You know, that when I was growing up, you know, it's difficult circumstances. I, you know, just, I look back on it, just the perspective and the view that my mother gave me and my mother and my grandmother about the Lord and mm. setting that foundation uh, got me through a lot of things and uh so now is truly it's truly my life and it's truly 
you know, me just giving God all the other glory and knowing that, with, you know, if you got his strength, you know, you could make it, you could, um, you make it through anything. And I got, uh, the scripture that we use to go with it, if, uh, Psalm 27 verse one, the Lord, you know, the Lord is my strength, you know, um, in my life, or who should I be afraid of? So, uh, but my favorite Bible scripture, which I wear every, every Friday night is Psalm 23, because that was the first one mm. I, I ever learned. So, you know, to put it in a nutshell, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, it's me, you know, and that's what, uh, and it, but, but not just me, it's all of us. So that's, you know, we try to instill that in the kids, man, uh, the best way I can, not by pressing it on them, but just by showing them, you know. Like I said, we here with constant adversity each and every day uh, just to be able to practice here. You know, I, today I, I done had to send out travel requests and facility requests to Gulf mm. Coast and uh, bus travel forms just to go practice, you know. So, but we just rolled with it, man, and uh, we didn't accept it. So, you know, that's law and strength, you know. That's what we say before every game. It's on our helmet and stripe, and uh, that's what we believe in. John, you've mentioned Picayune. You've mentioned uh, what I'm going to say home uh, to you three or four times through this uh, 15 minutes that we've been visiting. Um, being on a, a different classification and not being on a schedule, I think we can openly talk about uh, Picayune without getting any uh, hot water that I imagine that's one of the first scores that you check. You've got former uh, teammates of yours with sons on the team. How cool has it been for you to see uh, the success that the Picayune Maroon Tide have had over the last couple of years? Man, it's, 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 it's truly a success. Uh, I mean, a great feeling. Uh, and I, I, I tell you, know, I'm not saying anything I haven't already told Coach Steiner. I try to text him you know, three, at least three times a season to let him know, you know, yes, they're talented, but he does a tremendous job of handling them kids, man. And uh, I, I applaud him and his staff. Uh, for that man, and uh, and, and and two man, you know, me and Dadell's father grew up like brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, our whole life, our mothers was close. I don't want to start crying, <laughs> but, but my mother, you know, was sick, uh, dying mm -hmm. with cancer. You know, his mother was the one that took care of my mother, and then she passed. Uh, she passed last July. You know, so mm -hmm. um, that you know stuff like that, and I also have a nephew, and I got. You know, other guys, I, you know, grew, grew up in the neighborhoods, seeing them grow and uh, come back to their being able to visit my mother, just the interaction with other kids. And, yeah, man, it's just, it's just awesome, you know, to, to know that. Uh, and also to know, like, first wave for Coach Lee, uh, when everybody was still figuring out, the, we were still figuring out the process, and uh, just to know that you're a part of the foundation. So I always, man, it's going like, Tiggy Ewan is always home to me. I'm always uh, root for him. I, you know, I'm glad I don't have to play him. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. You're not sure in that happy. number, John. I'm There's happy. a lot of them like Sir, that, I imagine. Yes, man. It's, it's, it's a tremendous, uh, uh, great feeling. Like I said, my nephew is number five. That's my sister's son, you know. My mother only had two kids, so he was my first baby. Uh, you know, just it's just it's just great for just watching those guys and, and you know, uh, just seeing you know how you know the sky's the limit for them, man. Like, cause, you know, watching them last week uh, against Goshen when I was there, man. Like, just you know, the amount of effort you know that them kids put into that game, and I'm just I'm just amazed, man. Like, I'm really amazed at them. 
John, you know, you mentioned uh, two and uh, Dante Dadea Flex's uh, son. We don't. I don't think we need to toot his horn. He he does. He's gotten plenty of attention, and he's well deserved. But five that you're mentioning, your nephew, he goes unnoticed a bit because unless you're crazy, he's just not gonna make a lot of plays at his corner position because you're gonna stay away from him. You played uh, big time football at both Jackson State and uh, Pearl River Community College, and of course Cincinnati. What am I missing, John? That uh, people aren't just beating down Nike Ratcliffe's door. Like I'll give a, I'll, we'll we'll do a little plug for him. I mean, he just he's a beautiful looking kid. The size, the stature, and the speed that you would want at corner. Am I right on that? Yeah, I, I think he's just a little overshadowed right now. I think it's going to come, and, and I, I always tell him, you know, because he he doesn't talk about it much. But I just tell him, you know, just be patient. Mm. And uh, when the, when the, when the floodgates open, they're going to open, you know, because he's just he's just overshadowed right now. But yeah, you're right. He's you know uh, he's a beautiful uh, kid. I mean, you know, cornerbacks. You know, you mm. got people saying they're not recruiting any corners under six foot nowadays, and he's. He's perfect for that, and um, I and I always tell him, hey, still, hey, hey, as well as you're doing, you still can come out your shell. And, mm-hmm. You know, once he come out his shell, you know, and uh, I'm quite sure Coach Nim will tell you, man, he's probably one of the most humble kids you ever be raised. Yes, sir, no, sir, kid. Yeah. So I think it's going to happen soon. I think it's going to happen soon. Now, especially, you know, if they reach their goal of what they plan on doing, get to get on that platform again. You know, I think you know he'll get another shot at the spotlight, you know. And uh, I also, I'm, I got to say this, this man, uh, you know, Mario Tyson, mm. man, is, you know, he, you know, I was, I was blessed to coach Troy Ghana for four years. Um, and it's been hard for me to find a football player that I can even put in that category with him because I always tell people if Troy's my size, I don't know if Coach Lee would have been able to let him practice. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I'm saying, like, just watching mm. that kid, man, like, true. You know, him and, you know, it's several of them, but just to, you know, just to point out to you, man, like I say, they, you know, that's the gold standard in the South. And I I always tell people, you know, we want to be, you know, it's only one school over here, but in South Mississippi, man, I think it starts in Pearl River County. And I don't think many people can, um, can, can, can say much to me about that when, you know, with the success of Popperville and uh, kicking you in the last few years, you know. Well, so I think it's, I think that's the gold standard in South Mississippi. Well, I'll end on this, John. Your thoughts when you cut on the tape, uh, Coach Beach and them, they look a little different up there, right? They're not lining up in that old patented uh, wing tee. When you look at them, what jumps out about um, about this Popperville team, John, as you prepare for them on Friday? Discipline. They're still a very disciplined ball club offensively, and uh, there's still a lot of deception in offense, more deception in this one than it was in the wing team. Uh, but just discipline and, and culture, uh, the way the kids play hard, man, and uh, believe in what they do. You know, you cut on film to see belief. That's what, as a high school mm-hmm. coach, that's all you need. So I cut on the film to see belief, and it makes, you know, like I say, knowing Jay playing against him as a kid, we was teammates one year at Prairie River. Uh, you know, uh, I think I, he should be proud of his team. You know, when I cut the film on, I see discipline, and I, I, I don't see. Yeah, the offense had changed, but the culture hadn't changed. So, and that's the main thing. You know, uh, the culture matters more than the strategy, and, mm. and that's uh, that's what I see. You know, so um, we knew that if we wanted to reach our ultimate goal, 
you know, our first goal is to get that district championship off our back. And, uh, but the ultimate goal for everybody is to make, to make it to the state championship. And we knew that uh, we would have to see Papa Gill. So, you know, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere atmosphere for both kids, you know, Papa Gill and Stone County kids. That's what's important, you know. It's going to be a great atmosphere Friday. And I think the kids are going to look back on it 20 years from now, win, lose, and draw, and say, man, that was fun. Yeah, that's it, man. That's what high school football is all about. John, man, I can't thank you enough. I know you're a busy guy, especially with everything you've got going on with game week. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem, man. I appreciate you. Well, thank you, John. Good luck, man. I appreciate it. And uh, go have a good practice, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank Thank you, you, Coach. Bank with your hometown bank. FNB Picayune Bank, with four branches in Picayune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in Dekeel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces, offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. Hello, football fans. Devin Smith here with Remax Premier Group in Picayune. It's August and that means one thing, it's football season. Our area schools have worked so hard to give us all something to be excited about. I take great pride in my football roots in Pearl River County and I'm honored to serve our people. I look forward to helping residents both old and new make Pearl River County their home. I would love to help you with any and all of your real estate needs. You can contact me at our office, 601-798-3399 or 601-347-2641. Or you can catch me in the stands cheering on my favorite players under those Friday night lights. And thank you very much and welcome into the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. This Pearl River County football special show with Jason Baker being joined by two really special dudes, the head football coach of the Popperville Hornets, Jay Beach, and the defensive coordinator, for the Popperville Hornets, Jacob Acock. And uh, Jay, your team in the third round, uh, once again, I believe the seventh straight year, uh, you've gotten this ability to have your team, uh, what, being able to play the Friday before Thanksgiving. Um, And uh, boy, it it gives me chills, literally, just to think about these Fridays in November and how special they are to get that win over Newton County, a team that really – what I would say kind of an under-the-radar program that I think for football purists in 4A probably know, hey, that's a really good program that's had some experience. How proud were you for your football team to get that win last Friday night and give yourself an opportunity to take on the Stone County Tomcats? I was really proud of the team Friday night. You know, it's not easy to win in the playoffs. They get a second-round win. Uh, you know, I thought our kids played real hard. Uh, played real hard for four quarters, uh, laid it on the line, did what they had to do to come away with a victory. How much better is this team now than, say, in game one for your Hornet club? I'd have to say we're uh, a good bit better, um, especially on offense. Uh, we just, you know, a new system. We we kind of uh, we're we're learning our way through the first few weeks, but I think we've got a few things figured out and, and we're getting better. Uh, better and better over the over the weeks of uh, of blocking it, of knowing where to run, know what plays to call, stuff like that. And defensively we had we've we've we're good to begin the year, strong defense to begin the year and 
And then, uh, you know, I think we've gotten better as well on defense, fine-tuning our defense. So, uh, I think we just improved every week. Our defensive coordinator, Jacob Aycock, also joins us on this segment. And uh, for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a different perspective, a different spin. Last year when we left Columbia and the talk within this program began, hey, we're going to change offensive philosophies. You were the first defensive coordinator that got the first peek at this offense. In the spring, when you began to try to decipher how you were going to slow it down, whether it be in you know, organized practices, organized scrimmages, how difficult did you find it to be to stop? Well, you know, for us, defensively, it turned into a numbers game. You know, we, we would line up in this and feel really good about it, and then the next thing you know, they got um, – three or four, sometimes four or five lead blockers going the other direction. And, and you know, what they do such a good job of on our staff is they outnumber you, especially with this new offense. So once the ball snapped, they create so many new gaps to the play side, but also make you respect the, the backside of the play um, that it, it's just tough to line up to. And, you know, I'm on, I guess, month about seven or eight of looking at it. And, you know, still we, we still kind of laugh and have – some some fun times back and forth looking uh, because just whenever we think we have something figured out, um, they say, well, we, we also have this wrinkle to throw in too. So it's it's been fun to look at it from my perspective. You've made comments to me, not necessarily publicly on the air, but away from away from this facility. It's made your life a little easier because you've seen the confidence in this offense kind of grow. And I think as a defensive coordinator, you've kind of realized the difficulty other defensive coordinators have had to have. Do you find a little bit of comfort in knowing? I, I know there had to be a moment last December, November, whenever Jay said, hey, we're going to change offensive philosophy. For you, there had to be a moment where you thought, wait a second, like six straight South State championships. These guys have made it to all these state championships. You're a, we're a second-year defensive coordinator in this program at this point, and you thought – we're going to just drop all this and go to an offense philosophy. I guess my question for you is, have you kind of almost at some moments kind of sympathized with these defense, uh, other defense coordinators and kind of said, good luck this week, fella, because uh, this one's pretty tough to stop? Right. For me, you're exactly right. Uh, at first, you know, I'm going, uh, which I really don't have a huge say in what we do offensively, so I'm, I'm supportive 100%. Uh, but just to see uh, how our kids, you know, it brought in a new excitement for not only our coaching staff, but for our kids. Um, they've been so successful offensively here for, for so many years. Uh, and you might always have always heard, if it, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it or don't even try to change it. But we changed it, and or the, our offensive of staff changed gears. And what it's done for me defensively is, you know, we never want to give up a score, but when we do – um, I don't feel like we have to win games, you know, 14 to 13 or, or anything like that because our offense, uh, they're able to pick up first downs and extend drives. And for me, again, it puts pressure on the other team offensively. They have to get out of maybe rhythm or, or do things that they don't want to do trying to almost play catch up. And Jay, how much for you with his knowledge, how much have you had conversations with him where maybe you've lined up at practice and you've said, okay, I want you to tell me how you're going to stop this. Has that happened where maybe maybe not necessarily in this season, but maybe in the spring or over the summer where you've put this new offense out, you've lined this formation out, and then you've said, hey, I'm fixing to run this. How would you defend it? 
and then you kind of bounced ideas off of me. He's a great defensive mind, right? And we, we see that week in, week out with, with Jacob Baycock and the way this Hornet defense is played. Have those conversations occurred? And, and how much have you relied upon his knowledge to say, how would you try to stop this? Yeah, I think every uh, every Sunday I ask him that question. Uh, you know, if you're a four three guy, how do you think they're going to line up? If you're a fifty guy, how are they going to line up? What could be their plan B, plan A, and plan B? And uh, you know, I trust his opinion, and he's usually right on. You know, uh, he, he can he can tell me what he thinks they're going to line up in. Usually, it's, it's right. Take me back to the hiring process with this guy when when you got him away from Greene County and were able to to bring him in as the defensive coordinator. This defense this year, you know, the offense and 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 for broadcasters like myself, offense can can get you kind of in a lane and focus because the points and we're averaging. I, I did the math this morning. We're averaging like forty points a game right now, and you can stay in that lane because it's so pretty. But this defense isn't giving up much right now, about eight points a game giving up. And if you lose sight of that, you'll, you'll get enamored with the offense. But his defense has played just as consistent as the offense has this year. Take us back to that moment and hiring him and just how pleased you've been with him and the job that he's done, Jay. Yeah, you, um, when he was at Greene County, we're in the same district. So, you know, you're always paying attention to your district opponents and uh, they weren't giving up many points at Greene County when he was there over a three-year period. And, uh, you know, just thinking like, man, if, uh, if I ever had the opportunity or whatever, and just some of the things that happened that year worked out right. And, like, if he could just duplicate what he did there here uh, mixed with what, what we think we can do offensively, I think that would have been a good match. And I like what he was doing uh, with, it, with the zone coverages and things like that and being multiple – and I thought it'd be a good fit for our kids too, and it has. Jacob, let's talk about your defense for a moment. They'll be tasked with a really multiple-based offense on Friday night. From what I see on film with Stone, they're going to throw a lot at you. They're going to get in a lot of different formation sets. They're going to, you know, they're going to send trips into a boundary. They're going to send trips to a field. From what I can tell, they're going to have a tight end at times. They're going to put two receivers to the tight end side. John Feaster and, and his offensive staff look like they're going to throw a lot at you. What do you see from the Tomcats on, on Friday night, and what's going to be the key for the Hornets' defense? Well, you know, I think that um, they do a really good job with motions and shifts. Um, they want to get uh, maybe you, your eyes looking somewhere where they're not supposed to be. So we're going to have to be really disciplined um, in the box defensively. And then I do think that this is one of the most, if not the most, complete offenses that we've seen this year. Um, their run game is good. Uh, they have wrinkles to their uh, what they do in the run game, uh, but they also throw some RPOs off of their run action that are really good, and they've they've been able to complete those for big plays. So I think their skill guys are good, and I think their offensive line is solid too. So uh, we'll have our hands full, but uh, I know our kids are really excited about about the challenge. Let's talk about some of these guys individually within your defense that are having big years: Tank Trotter, Nikhil Trotter. Mark Will, I think a Tucker Smith, some guys like that. But then there's also some guys within that defensive framework, if you will. Scott Gerald, I think, has had a great year. James Pierce has had a really good year from the three technique. Guys that, while they may not be leading us in statistical categories, I think every Friday night it's guys that you can rely upon, guys that you can trust. Maybe some of those guys, Scott Gerald, James Pierce, talk to us about their roles within this defense and how important they've been for this defense this year. 
Well, uh, you know, up front, James actually, you know, he plays inside. He gets double teamed a lot. His stats are never just huge or something that would jump off the page, but he does such a good job of being an anchor in there. Uh, he, he's getting uh, blocked two verse one just about every snap against any offense we play, uh, and, he, and he does a good job of being an anchor and gives our linebackers, the other guys that you mentioned, something to play off of. And then Scott Gerald flips away from the call, so he goes away from the offensive strength, um, and he's just been so solid with his technique. Um, he's a real smart football player, never somebody that we have to worry about. Uh, just, just a solid guy that's going to do his job. Uh, and then if we back up to the back end in the secondary, and we have two senior corners, um, and then but stuck in the mix we have a sophomore at free safety yeah. and Nick Miller, who hasn't given up the big play this year, and that's been something that's been big for us. Uh, he protects the middle of the field from hash to hash. We play a lot of cover three, uh, so he has a, a big responsibility. And as a sophomore, he's done a great job with that. Um, and then at strong safety, Lawrence Jamison, he gets mentioned a lot, but he's the adjuster of our defense. If he sees something that, you know, where we might be outnumbered um, to either side, he fixes us, he, he gets us lined up right, and he just plays with such passion. Um, that mixed in with our seniors at linebacker, uh, I think that we've been a physical defense, and those, those guys just fly around and have a lot of fun. I had a conversation with Lawrence Jamison on this Talking Ball Y'all podcast just a couple of weeks ago about film. My, my understanding is Lawrence is a film consumer. I think you've got several guys within this defensive unit that consumes just quite a bit of film. How much will that be a factor on Friday night? Because from what I understand, when you're facing an offense like this, who maybe sometimes is going to line up in a set, show it to you, and then maybe change out of it, and you're, you've got to you know, go back on your film study and recall, okay, this is what I've learned, this is what I've seen. How much is film study in a week like this where, hey, they're showing you something to make you think it's this, but really and truly it's going to be this when they snap the football. How much is film study going to play a big part in this game this week? Well, uh, for us defensively, we watch film three days a week as a, as a unit. Uh, but those guys individually watch a lot on their own. You mentioned Lawrence. I know Aiden Dito up front, he calls the strength. He has a lot of responsibility. And then Nikhil Trotter calls the defense. So he has a lot of responsibility. And then on the back end, Lawrence and Nick Miller both um, echo our coverage. So those we have one at each level. Um, and then two on the back end that have a lot of responsibility and calls and adjustments. So their individual film time is that much more important uh, just to add to what we already already get as a team. So um, their commitment to what they do away from football is a big part of why we have success defensively. We're visiting with defensive coordinator Jacob Aycock and our head football coach of the Poplarville Hornets, Jay Beach. Jay, turning to your offensive unit uh, off of just a, a beautiful performance on Friday night. Avon Jarvis goes over 200-plus yards, uh, four touchdown runs, I believe, for the Hornets. And Amoris Travis also added a couple of touchdown runs for your Hornets as well. They each have 20 touchdowns uh, on the season, each back over 1,300-plus yards now on the season. Was that the thought process on this season? Was the hope of having two guys balanced, to where really and truly at this point, you can't really call either one a feature back. You you, you got to respect, I would think, defenses have to respect them both as as equal pairs, I would say. Yeah, that was that was what we kind of hoped for, that uh, they were both very capable of carrying the football. And 
wanted to get them both on the field at the same time, and they've been a good, uh, good one-two punch. Uh, yeah, I think it keeps the defense very honest. Um, you know, we can hit them in every gap with either either running back plus the quarterback. Maurice is uh, also a threat out the backfield as, as a receiver. And then the thought of Matt Will running the football as well. You know, two weeks ago um, in the playoff game here at home against Pass Christianity, he goes for 81 yards. I was actually sitting in the airport on Saturday night, and I was showing that spinner trap. Uh, to one of the assistant basketball coaches at Southern Miss and showing him the design of the play. And we stopped it momentarily, and we counted six Pirates who had no idea where the football was at the snap of the play and when Matt Will went through that line. And I'm talking all within an arm's reach of him. That's something special when you can have that kind of play. What leads to something like that to where defense really and truly – I mean, in, in – at that moment, I mean, anybody's within a grasp of him. And, and at that point, no one at that point had the ability to know, okay, who has this football at that moment? Yeah, that's one of those plays that's kind of like a key buster. Uh, you can, if somebody's key in certain players, you can kind of send them all different kind of ways and spin around and run run a trap. And it's fun when it works. It, uh, it's, it's worked for us almost every time we ran it for positive yards. And, uh, it just adds a little, little bit of fun to, to the offense we run, and, and it's effective. This offensive line this year for you, I, you know, you can't, I can't imagine having the success that you've had and their, their level of play not be outstanding. Um, you know, Connor Gibson, the senior center right in the middle, has played a lot of football um, for the Hornets as well. That offensive line, how proud are you of them? Maybe talk to us about the consistency in which they've played through this season. I'm really proud of them. We have, uh, let's see, five seniors out there and then two sophomores. Uh, we got four seniors and three underclassmen out there. And, that, and uh, this is new to all of them. We, you know, we started back in February really doing it. And uh, I think they picked up on it really well. We got some big physical kids up there that this offense really fits well. Uh, you know, Heath and, Heath and Kane and Jacob all over. 270 pounds uh, fits this offense well. They can just come off the ball and push. Uh, and, and it's fun to get – they have fun, I believe, getting out in the open field, trying to get uh, get open field blocks. And uh, they got to be in shape. they got to run. they got to pull. Um, you know, I, I think they're just having a fun time in, in this offense. All right. Well, look, uh, best of luck to you two. We, we certainly are so gracious of all you've done uh, for talking ball, y'all, and the time y'all give us on – uh, the podcast and then throughout our broadcast each and every week and uh, best of luck on uh, Friday night uh, over in AL May Stadium. All right, we appreciate you. All right, that's Jay Beach, Jacob Baycock joining us on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We'll have much more. Dungan Engineering is a proud sponsor of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast and the Talking Ball Y'all media group providing live coverage. Dungan Engineering provides service, strength, and solutions. Dungan Engineering has an incredibly talented and experienced staff that consistently seeks new ways to provide the services we provide to our clients. Our strength in part is rooted in our ability to provide superior engineering solutions, utilizing the latest technology available with the simple mission of improving the quality of life in the communities we serve.
you see that annoying service engine light on and you need an oil change, stop by Pit Lane Oil Change. Pit Lane is a family-owned and operated business with professional and knowledgeable staff. They always take pride in providing the best care of their customers. They are located at 401 Highway 11 in Picayune. With fast, friendly service, let Pit Lane Oil Change be the pit stop for all your maintenance needs. So I'm a privilege to have um, West Jones head coach Scott Pearson uh, joining me this morning. Um, coach Jones is in his 22nd season as the head coach of the West Jones Mustangs. Um, to your your credit, coach, uh, six district championships, a state title uh, in 2020, and also want to congratulate you on uh, becoming the winningest coach uh, in program history. And you know, I was looking this morning uh, as far as active winning coaches in Mississippi, you were sitting second and wedged right in between South Panola's Ricky Woods and Coach Lance Mancuso of Jeff Davis. So pretty good company there uh, that you're sitting in between. So again, I just want to thank you for joining us and taking some time this morning to speak to me. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, but I think all that tells you is I'm old. That's all, <laughs> that's all that tells you. Well, t- 22 years at a, at a program, Coach, is, is something that you don't see a whole lot um, anymore. So I'll just I'll ask you to kind of go back and talk a little bit to us about your, your coaching journey and, and, and kind of how things have been at West Jones for you. Sure. I originally started in Bay Springs, Mississippi. Obviously, that was a great program up there. I was there for eight years. Uh, and then West Jones is only about 20 miles south of there. And this job came open when Coach Taylor retired, who had been here at the time 27 years. So if you want to go back, I mean, really, over 49 years, they've had two coaches at West Jones, which is unheard of nowadays. So I was fortunate to get this gig and, and was really only planning to stay maybe five or six years. But as far as having good athletes year in, year out and, and having a community that supports the program, it's I mean it's it's kinda of looking in the mirror as far as the way picky is down there as far as people that support your program and, and you have all the all the stuff you need to be successful. So when you look, start looking around you, it's hard to find a place that you might think you might be better off. And then as far as raising a family, uh, Jones County is one of the better places. So a lot of things came into play. And, and here, here I am 22 years later, still at the same place. And and really looking back on it, I'm, I'm very thankful and privileged to be the guy that's led this program for that long. Well, Coach, no doubt that uh, it, it meant a lot to that, that program, that community you know, for you to um, come in and get the, the first state championship ever for the program. So congratulations on that. And, Coach, I want to look at just this year's team. And I know you've had some holes to fill. I mean, that's pretty common. Kids are going to graduate and move on. And um, I go back and reference one of the um, interviews you did with Sportsbook Live this year. And, man, you referenced it was a Wayne County game. And I know it was an important game, a lot on the lines with, with playoff and seedings and – it sounded like you got in there and played with pretty much none of your skill position guys, missing the quarterback, missing the running back, the wide receivers, and and ended up getting the job done. You called it an ugly game, but you guys got the win there. And I'll ask you just to speak a little bit to this year's team, and that's a lot of adversity uh, to have for, for kids to have to go through, but maybe some guys that have, that have stepped up and, and had to fill some holes that maybe weren't expecting to do that uh, at this point in their young career. Yeah, I, I think that was a very unusual night. It was, it's really been one of those years. You never really know how it's going to turn. Uh, you know, you, you have 
this great plan and great ideas when the season starts that you're going to be doing this, this, and this. And then due to injuries and due to certain kids coming along and certain kids maybe not being as good as you quite thought they were going to pan out to be, you got to pivot. And uh, this is one of those years when we had to pivot our starting wide receiver who's going to go on and play at uh, Southern Mississippi, Matthew Nixon. He blows his ACL out at his summer camp up at Memphis. So uh, we lose him. And then as the year progresses, we lose a bunch of other guys that we thought were going to be difference makers for us. So at, at that point, we had to pivot and really get our best players on the defensive side of the ball and find ways to keep the scores, you know, as low as we could possibly get them. And we've had some really, really good play on that side of the ball. And I, I'd say, you know, as far as our front seven, I think in the 5A, I think our front seven is, is you know, if you take roll call, we'd be in the top five. Uh, our middle linebacker, Kenan Lofton, has played really, really well for us. Our outside linebacker, Race Jones, has played really, really well for us. Both those young men we thought were going to be good, but they turned out to be better than we thought. We've got two defensive ends, Mason Jenkins, who's playing you know, at a high level. And then we got Isaiah Lindsay that's playing at a high level. So those four in the box really give us a, an advantage over maybe some of the teams we're playing. And I think what we've had to do is, as a program is realize, hang our hat on something. And defensively is where we've hung our hat. And then find ways to score late in the game. And, and the Wayne County game was a perfect example of that. As those four men I just, just mentioned, we had to turn around and get in the wildcat, play them on offense, and found a way to score two times and, and kind of almost steal that game, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's it's a tribute to the kids. And, you know, when the, when the team's led by the players and the coach just has to drive the bus, you know, you have a tendency to be successful. So right now I think that's what's happened with this program is, is we got a bunch of high-quality kids that are leading this team. And like I said, when that happens, you're able to win some games you might not should have based on talent. Well, Coach, I would have to agree with you with your defensive front looking at them. Um, they look stout. Uh, the four guys you named, I had those guys wrote down. And we'll kind of start, I guess, with just defense and what I've seen um, on film. I mean, through the season, you guys have been just suffocating at times. Uh, two shutouts, uh, not a whole lot of points scored. I know you guys opened up against a – a very, very powerful uh, Madison Central team in 6A that is always a good good uh, non-district opponent to check your oil a little bit. But you guys have just really, really hung your hat, as you said, on defense. Had a shutout last week in the first round. And, I mean, it, this is an East Central team that we're pretty familiar with. Uh, we know they're a, a tough, scrappy defensive, guy, uh, defensive type of team that like to run the football. And if I'm not mistaken, Coach, they had two first downs on the whole night. They were 0 for 10 on third down, only 81 yards, a total offense, and then your defense had a score um, as well. So great, great um, performance there by your defense. And, you know, Mason Jenkins is another guy that, that jumps out to me a little bit. Uh, I know you mentioned him. He's came in. Him and Race Jones ran the football some. And, and just turning to the offense, Coach, I know Marlon Lindsey, um, and you can correct me if I'm not quite right here, but I believe he's in his second year as as your starter at quarterback and converted from wide receiver. Is that is that accurate? It is. He's got he's he's got an offer to play just about every junior college in the state of Mississippi, and you know he played slot receiver in 2010 for us when we I mean in 2020 when we were fortunate enough to win it, and then we had to move him to quarterback because he's our best player. 
on. And obviously, it's it's not hard to figure out. You find a way to get your best player the football, kind of like you guys do down there. Yours is at tailback, and ours is at quarterback. So, you know, and, and he got nicked. I mean, he's he's not a big guy, so we we lost him for a couple weeks. But you know, he's the one that drives us on offense, and and he's had a decent week of practice. But at the same time, he's still nicked. So. As he goes, we go on that side of the ball. Uh, and, and he's going to have to make plays for us in order for us to score some points because obviously Picayune is scoring a lot of points every week. So we got to find a way to generate offense and uh, find ways to steal possessions would be the best way to put it. And, Coach, a couple of weapons he's got outside. Uh, I know both of these guys um, performed pretty well last week and uh, against East Central Braxton Graves and DeAndre Smith, um, I believe, Graves had a uh, had your defensive touchdown and then scored one from his wide receiver position. And coach, the running back position for you guys, um, it, it looks like it's been kind of a running back by committee. And and I got to ask you, coach, this number twenty. And I've looked, and I apologize. I don't I don't have a roster online that that, that can name the kid, but I'd love to love to call his name because he he put up probably one of the most physical forty yard runs uh, that I've seen this year. So I ask you just to. To speak a little bit about this this young man and, and your running backs and your backfields as a whole. Yeah, well, that, that that's actually number twenty three, Kamari and Lindsey, and his brother is my quarterback, Mace. I mean, uh, uh, Marlon Lindsey. He's an eighth grader, uh, and we don't play eighth graders here. We've never had to in the past, but he's he's one of those kids that plays in the slot or plays a slot receiver. And then, due to Marlon's injury, you know, we had to put him back there. At quarterback, and we ran him a couple of times the other day, and and he had a big run for us. But he's he's got he's one of those kids that's going to be special in a couple of years. But unfortunately, we're having to play him right now, and he's doing the best he can with with limited ability based on he's just little. Uh, but but I think his upside is tremendous, especially being around his older brother. Uh, so he he's one to watch in two or three years, and he's going to be something special right now. We, we kind of spoon-feeding him, giving him what he can handle. And like I said, I think he had two carries in that game. Uh, our starting tailback, he broke his collarbone against Laurel. That's Caleb Holmes. Uh, so we, we've kind of been handing the ball off by committee at that position. Elijah Jones runs the ball for some. Uh, I think he's a better player than he's playing right now, and that's conversations we have with him on a regular basis. I think he has a chance to be good down the road. He's only a sophomore. So this 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 time of year is something he's not necessarily used to, but he's been pushed into a position where he has to perform for us. And uh, we hope he gets better as the year goes on, and we hope he plays well Friday night because he's going to have to. Well, Coach, I, no, I appreciate your your uh, thoughts on that. And, and, and I'll turn now just to the, the matchup against Picayune. And, and man, we we seem to be going down memory lane here a lot uh, through this season and Looking at this matchup between Picayune and West Jones, um, you know, eight times we've matched up. The series is split, you know, four and four. And of course, Coach, my the the first time we played in '97, that was a Saturday game in the first round of the playoffs, and that was a team that I was a part of. And then I know you've been on all the other seven, and you know, you look at 2018 and 2019. They were it was back to back games. Uh, consecutive seasons that you guys played for South State and then uh, 2020 in the first round. This is going to be the the first time that we've met uh, West Jones in the second round of the playoffs. And 
no doubt, Coach, there's a lot of respect, mutual respect from both sides. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that both sides would consider the other to be a familiar and a very formidable uh, opponent. So, Coach, when you flip in that film and you look at this Picayune team, uh, what's something that jumps out to you? Oh, it's, it's, you know, me and Coach Lee go way back, and, and and I remember I brought a good team down there. I want to say it was 13, if I'm not mistaken, and we were really, really good. We went down there, and, and I think it was 40 to 14, and I ran into him up at the coaching clinic maybe in 2020 or 21, somewhere around there. I said, well, what about that team I brought down there at 13? And he kind of laughed and looked at me and said, Coach, we were really, really good that year. And I think that y'all not win it in 13, somewhere right around there. I, I think that, yes, sir, I think so. Yeah, and and I brought a lot of good teams down there. And, and that program down there, as far as jumping off the page at you, you got those 22 kids that are going to be on the field are going to give everything they've got on every snap. And if you're going to beat Picky, you're going to earn it. They're not going to give you anything. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to give you short fields. They're not going to do things that are out of the ordinary. They're not going to uh, – very limited penalties. I mean, they're just well coached. They're going to play hard, and they're physically going to demand you to step up and play. And that's what I respect about that program. Uh, there's very few programs at 5A that get everything out of their kids. And I think that's one of the programs that they get everything out of their kids on every snap. And that's – from a coaching standpoint, that's all you can ask of your kids, and that's all you can ask of your coaching staff to make sure those kids execute at a high level. And that's kind of what I think we try and do here, too, is maximize the ability of every kid and then put them in a position to where they can make plays. Yeah, Coach, it, it's going to be it's gonna be a good one, man. I mean, we've been trying to look at as much film as we can just to try to prepare to call the game on, on Friday night, and, man, we're looking forward to it. Um, we wish you guys, you know, a safe travels down to, to Lee Triplet Field uh, on Friday night. Um, I know we'll, we'll have to bundle up. It's going to be a cold one. But, man, just uh, good luck to you guys on Friday night. Thanks again, Coach, for your time. Um, always love to be able to talk um, football. And, man, to be able to do it at 830 on a Tuesday morning is not too bad. So uh, I'll take that all day. So thanks again for your time, Coach, and uh, we'll see you Friday night. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir.